Hi and welcome to The Cloud Show. My name's Jez Back and not with me this week is my trusted co-host David Organ as he's off running a marathon. In this show, we're going to take some of the key news that's hot around technology, especially around the cloud industry, and lift the lid and take a peek inside. We'll also take a look at a specific area to discuss uh, in each episode and this week we're going to discuss edge computing and cloud. Joining me is a venerable guest who's an expert in his field and we're going to get his insight to share his knowledge with you. We'd love you to get involved as well. Please do talk to us on social media. It'd be great to hear your opinions. And we're on Twitter using the handle at CompareTheCloud and at Disruptive. Uh, and please do use the hashtag, the hashtag TheCloudShow. So let's get on with it. Firstly, let's go and introduce our guest. Today we have Ed Smith. He's the Director of Sales from, uh, for Vermeer for a Megaport. Welcome. G'day Jez, how you doing? I'm very well, very well. Hey, Excellent. so there are many people out there who perhaps don't know what Megaport do. So right. come on, help me out and, and just explain to people what, what's Megaport all about? Indeed. Um, so Megaport, we're a software-defined networking provider, which sounds scary, right? Basically what we do is we connect enterprises to cloud providers. There's a bunch of other things in there as well, but that at the core of it, that's where a majority of our business comes from. Um, and we do this in a scalable way, no contract terms, really flexible, really easy to consume. So uh, a lot of people are familiar with the, con the concept of cloud consumption, software as a service, infrastructure as a service. Think of us a bit like network as a service. You just pay for the network resources when you need them to connect you to the things that you want to connect to. So you're out to disrupt the likes of BT and all the big carrier guys and that sort of stuff, right? Yeah, look, I mean, we are and we aren't. Um, what we do is is quite um, uh, is quite complementary to a lot of what the carriers provide. You know, we're not out there selling voice services. We're not out there selling internet. But um, in terms of the, the, the core interconnection piece where you plug into a cloud provider um, and being able to, to scale that up and down and make it really flexible, absolutely. That we're very, very much about disrupting. And it does disrupt some of the traditional carrier economics, but also works quite well hand in hand with some of the other stuff that they sell. So it's a, it's a bit of a compete, but also um, work with model. Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. All right, F thanks for that. Hopefully yeah. that's a sorted you out in terms of what Megaport does. So as always, we have a quick look at the news. Uh, we'll get a bit of discussion on that, and then we'll go on to the main subject today, which is edge computing. So what's hot in the news? Well, this week we're going to talk a bit about Microsoft, and they're shifting their focus uh, when they did their Build 2018 conference from Windows to the Intelligent Edge. Now, Microsoft is out to show that it can still be a player in the cloud computing realm, in the computing realm, rather even as it moves away from its heritage as the Windows company. On the opening day of its annual Build Developer Conference in early May, Microsoft was showing off its latest Internet of Things, or IoT, and edge computing tools and technologies it has to offer for both hardware and software developers. Now, Microsoft is targeting makers of in-car as well as in-home assistants, smart speakers, other voice-enabled devices with a new Speech Devices Software Development Kit, or SDK. And that's aimed at providing uh, audio processing from multi-channel sources for, for more accurate speech recognition, far-field noise, uh, sorry, far-field voice, uh, and noise cancellation, and more. So basically, lots of clever stuff. It also launched a cognitive service to run on Azure IoT Edge so that devices like drones and industrial equipment can perform vision-related activities even when not connected to cloud. So Ed, Come on, what do you think? First of all, the Build Conference. You're aware about yeah, what, what Microsoft did up to? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, and yeah, Microsoft have gone through a real shift lately um, uh, in the past few years. So they've gone, they've moved away from traditional model where they sold software, you know, boxes off the shelf, that sort of stuff. 
um, and they moved to that uh, software as a service um, subscription-based model. A lot of people are familiar with that, Office 365, et cetera. Um, and then obviously to this full-blown cloud provider with infrastructure as a service. Um, now they're moving into, um, and they have been for a while, into the more of the smart level of this, you know, where they can they can build all these interesting um, uh, applications over the top of these devices. So we're talking about you know um, artificial intelligence and machine learning. Um, you look at the examples with um, uh, things like the connected home. You know, um, the promise of the connected home hasn't really materialized just yet. Yeah, uh, it's a bit fragmented. Uh, but I think there's a real opportunity for someone to come in and own that landscape and actually build a platform that's open, that other players can interact with, but really provides a, a framework. Yeah, I just think it's just too expensive at the moment for that's people. Right. It's just not accessible, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, the devices are too expensive and the price will come down as computing you know, gets cheaper, et cetera. Um, and then, there'll be, and then the, the, you know, the next thing that we're going to see happen as well and is starting to, um, tools like Siri and Cortana, which is the Microsoft version, um, these these technologies are going to get smarter and smarter and get uh, and be available in more devices, uh, and that's going to actually bring uh, a whole human element to how we interact with technology um, and allow people to to interact with the technology in a much more natural way rather than having to use keyboards and things like that all the time. So there's there's going to be a big shift, but it's it's very cool and and it's a big investment from Microsoft. I think. Quote me on the figure, but I'm pretty sure I saw on the website it's five billion dollar investment that they're putting into IoT and all this sort of stuff. So it's that, that, that's probably even you know on, on the negative well, yeah, on the pessimistic yeah. side. Actually, you know <laughs> that's, that's right. only what they're reporting they're putting in. Indeed, right? that's right. Yeah, yeah so I mean, it's, it's, I mean uh, it's mind-boggling sums. But actually, when you look at it and you you kind of look at the way how people are interacting with, mm. with technology more and more, and, and the whole IoT conversation, it, it's getting really interesting how. People are really wising up the the artificial intelligence, the machine learning, mm. the IoT, cloud conversation, and bring and, and now those what what seem to be separate bubbles in lots of people's minds now getting closer and closer and closer and overlapping and, and people begin to understand that, right? Exactly right. I mean, you, you you look at one of the best examples for me was um, the smart refrigerators when they first brought them out. <laughs> it was an answer to a, to a problem that no one had. Yeah, it was like, why do I want a web browser on my fridge? Like you know, um, but they're starting to get a bit more smart about how we can make these things be useful. You know, when you actually take a, a, an item out of the fridge, can it, can it tell you that you run out of that item and, and reorder it for you using a, an Amazon Prime shipping service or something like that? It's not quite there yet. I mean, the ideas are kind of, as you said, they're starting to, to convalesce together. Um, so I think we'll see it get a little bit more useful. Yeah, I, th I think we're going to be moving away from, from engineers' solutions to, to engineers' problems that no one else has exactly. into actual real-world problems That's and right. start you know, resolving them. Yeah. Excellent. So I'll tell you what we'll do is we're now going to move on to the main topic from there, and that is about cloud and edge. Now, edge computing can be defined as a mesh network of micro data centers that process or store critical data locally and push all that received data to a central data center or cloud storage repository in a footprint of less than 100 square feet. Sounds pretty, pretty good, right? So now there's a, some crystal ball gazers who are saying that cloud is dead and edge computing is the future. But where did edge come from? Well, a product called NAT started this trend where enterprise messaging systems and platform technologies can be decomposed into things called microservices using the processing capacity of devices at the end user rather than in remote computing. Now, there's clear value in utilizing the processing power of devices that are close to the end user because the key factor here lies in some basic physics. So if you didn't pay attention in school about the speed of light, well, you might have to concentrate a bit hard now. Now, historically, the technology industry has gone back and forth between centralized computing and computing that are all happening at the end user. 
And this is now being disrupted by things like machine learning and artificial intelligence, as we've just discussed. Now, as humans, we understand linear processing. Our basic instincts are demand response like fight and flight. So, essentially, we're 50,000-year-old wetware. And as a result, we struggle to understand exponential growth. But things like artificial intelligence, machine learning, are seeing that exponential growth. And what's happening now is a basic computer is being limited by the speed of light. Namely, how fast can the compute take as it goes up and down the internet? And this is where edge computing brings that distance to far away data centers that cloud traditionally runs on and brings it to the devices that are closer to where the action is. Now, the argument is that software and compute will move closer to the consumer in order to meet their insatiable demand for instant access. You know, the fastest response will lie with the telco providers, clearly, because they're the people who are carrying this stuff, but by providing 5G and in the devices themselves to, to process demand. But fundamentally, this is all about latency, namely the time it takes for data to go up and down the pipe. Or is it? Ed, come on then. First of all, for our business viewers, yeah. let's, let's, what does edge computing mean to you and why does it matter? Right. So edge is one of those, those uh, new, when cloud first came out and everyone's like, oh, cloud, we need cloud. I mean, edge, cloud, they're, they're fairly nebulous terms. Yeah. Excuse the pun. <laughs> uh, but um, essentially, think of, the easier way to think about edge is think about edge like a place. So edge can be a wind turbine or edge can be a washing machine or edge can be um, a, a smart meter in a home or edge can be an autonomous car. You know, it's, 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 and you actually said it in, in, in your, your, um, uh, your introduction there, the edge is where the action is. So it's, a, it's the concept of taking that computing power and moving it closer to where the source of your data is. So for an autonomous car, that's the things it's seeing in its environment that's around it as it's, as it's driving. Um, you know, for a washing machine, that's the power it's consuming and when the, when the load is done and all sorts of stuff. So that's when all edge really is. belt's going to fall off. Exactly yeah. right. You know, that's it. All edge is is about, you know, where is the action? And, and the edge is different for everyone. So for a company that deals in smart meters, it's different for them to, you know, a potentially to a bank where they've got a whole bunch of ATMs and things. So, you know, the edge can, can be anywhere, really. Um, it's, a, it's a bit of a, a nebulous concept, but it is a real thing and, and it's a big trend. Okay, and what about the, the, the point about latency mm. and the rest of it? Do you agree that actually the only thing that's really holding back the, the reason why Edge is about is because the speed of light is the speed of light and it, it takes so long for you know, data to go up and down and be processed. So it might be a few milliseconds mm. you know, for things to go up and down the, the wire for a car, but when that car's traveling at 160 kilometers an hour down the German autobahn, then it kind of makes a difference, right? <laughs> that's right, you know, and I mean, that's the poster child for edge computing is autonomous cars. I yeah. mean, these things have, some of them have, I think up to 300 different processors in the car. They're like a little mini data center on wheels, you know, and um, if it's coming up, a car's coming up to a stop sign and it's got a camera and it get, takes the image and it has to take that image and send that via 4G back to a data center where the data center says, oh yeah, that's a stop sign, you should probably stop. And then it says back to the car, by the time that's happened, the car's blown through the stop sign and you know people are going to die, right? That's yeah. not good. So the car needs to be able to react to its environment in real time. Um, but that's not the whole story though. Because outside of that, I mean, yes, Edge is all about being able to be more, uh, uh, to collect more data and be more responsive uh, and agile in, in, in response to dealing with that data. Uh, so dealing with things in real time. 
but by themselves, individual devices aren't super smart. The, the rise of machine learning and artificial intelligence, all this stuff is about aggregating huge amounts of data of experience together and then deriving new insights and new intelligence about that. So that's where, you know, I, I gave a talk recently about this and, um, you know, in 2017, um, Peter Levine is a partner with Andreas and Horowitz. I always pronounce that wrong. Big VC firm in the US. <laughs> and he made a statement saying that Edge would destroy the cloud. Um, but if you actually listen to his talk and you go through it, um, what he actually then breaks down is that actually Edge is going to drive more cloud growth because the yeah. two are actually going to work together. Yeah, it's I, about yeah. how do you connect them. That's the key. Well, this is the, the same same chat as about serverless, where everyone Indeed. says, oh, serverless will kill cloud. Well, kind of. <laughs> it, it would be the primary way which we do stuff, but it will still require that like compute thing happening underneath yeah. it. You know? I mean, cloud isn't magic, right? There's still going to be there under someone owns the computer somewhere. You know, it's just cloud. There is no cloud. It's just someone else's computer. Oh, I hate that. It's a tagline. I know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. So I mean, that's carrying on the theme about great marketing right. terms. Indeed. Right. So you also get people talking about fog computing and edge computing, and it's really yes. easy to, conf to confuse the two. Right. So go on. Let's help people out. Fog computing. It's great. Um, in the talk that I gave, my marketing team were working every time. Edge computing. They had a guy with a laptop sitting on an edge. Um, uh, as the image, and then fog computing, they had a desk with a computer with fog behind it. And I'm like, yes, well done, guys. Um, it was great. Boom. <laughs> fog is not fog is not edge, or it's not cloud. Fog is a term that was actually coined by Cisco, so it's a real term. Um, if you if Cisco are allowed to coin terms, and they probably are, um, I think they've earned that right. Um, uh, a few smarts. They right? they know a few yeah. things, yeah. Um, so fog is about how does the edge and the cloud. Uh, uh, interact and how does that communicate? As we just talked about, you know, a smart device is great um, and it needs to be able to do certain things by itself and, and react to the world. And often it will do that without real-time communication with the cloud sometimes if that's required. Um, you know, for example, if the autonomous car loses its connection, it can't just fall into a heap. It still needs to be able to operate independently, right? But some of the data that it collects does need to go back to the cloud to be analyzed and get built into the whole machine learning algorithm and make cars more efficient and safer, et cetera, over time. So these new architectures that are emerging around, you know, cloud is by definition centralized, edge is by definition distributed. Yep. So how do you then connect and marry up those two concepts? That's basically what fog is. It's probably an even more nebulous term than, than cloud and, and, and edge. Yeah, I, I think people are making a real meal out of it. I mean, yeah. yeah. Frankly, it's just connections. It, it pretty much is. And, and yeah. I, I think, I think if, if you overhype it, then I think people will just lose actually the, the meaning and value of actually what's on offer there. Because there is, a, there is genuinely some really cool stuff, right? And Absolutely. Some, some pretty impressive technology happening there. I, 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 it's one of those terms I, I just can't get on with only because I think it actually devalues what's actually on offer. And I think it, it does tend to, it tends to simplify something which is quite complex. Um, and it's not one thing, uh, you know, to a, to a degree, there's many different types of cloud, but at least it is, um, you know, it's a utility computing model. It kind of describes one, one way of dealing. And then edge as well is, uh, it's getting a little bit more, more nebulous, but, but fog does get into the realms of, well, it doesn't, just calling it fog computing doesn't actually help me understand it more necessarily. Well, this is why I think it's yeah. unhelpful because yeah. If you're going to get involved in this, you need to understand what you're getting into. Mm. And th this is not straight lines and 
simple stuff. No. There is a lot it's of complexity that, that needs to be managed. And I think that the, the, the concept of fog computing mm. dumbs it down too much. To, and that's why I mean it devalues mm. actually what's, what's there. I mean, I'll, that's, that's, that's my right, view. Yeah. So. And perhaps the computing term is the issue as well, because it's not technically yeah. a computing function. It's a networking no, function yeah, that connection. connects compute. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, a bit, it's a bit weird, that one. Yeah. But linked with that, and this is kind of the question, and this is coming back to, to our conversation about Edge, Security. Mm. So security is a, will always be a massive thing. Mm. And one of the things that, that cloud had was everyone went, oh, cloud's really insecure. When, when we had that whole so cloud's insecure conversation. Yeah. And now, now people have kind of realized that their own little network room in their building is actually less secure than the world-class providers with world-class data centers all around the world with huge amounts of security Indeed. because that's what their livelihood's all based on. They're paid to do. You know, almost weirdly, we're going to go back the other way now with Edge because people say, well, now we all now believe that the centralized and all these mm. really high-powered guys have got these, this great security. Surely we're now just opening up the whole massive security problem by being on Edge. Mm. So you know, what's your take on this? It, yeah, it's a tough one. And I don't actually think anyone's got a good answer for it just yet. Um, but some of the, some of the concepts that, that people need to think about are, yes, in theory, if you have a whole bunch of, of edge devices out there in the world and they are connected somehow back to your, your infrastructure, then you've potentially opened up a whole bunch of new endpoints that could be breached and could cause security concerns. Absolutely. So how do you secure them? That is something that you need to think about. But this is where it gets tricky. By implementing an edge compute uh, architecture, um, you could actually improve your security in some ways. Because if you think about um, uh, new, and I hate to mention the four-letter acronym in, in, in the uh, elephant in the room, oh, yeah, yeah, we, GDPR, yeah. Yeah, this, this is the bugbear of mine. I've yeah. tried to avoid GDPR as much as possible. Indeed. Because I think that's just the beginning of a very long journey. Right. And a new chapter of security regulation. It's been great, though, because I have a whole bunch of mailing lists that I've been signed up to that are emailing me and saying I have to opt back in and I just don't <laughs> reply to them and then they get, I get removed. But I'm a fan of that as well. Yeah, right? right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, the, but the concept with GDPR is, is all about you know, storing personal data, etc. And, and if you are working in an edge compute architecture where you are only accessing personal data at the edge and you're not transmitting that anywhere, does that actually improve the security of the data because you're not transmitting it over a network and storing it in a central repository where it could potentially be breached and stolen? Well, I've got so, a consultant's answer for that. Right. It depends. <laughs> this is the thing, right? So, so in some ways, Edge could potentially be more secure, but it does open up a whole bunch of issues in terms of how people can get access to your network. Well, but yeah, so, so when you look, you talk about things like GDPR and there's mm. going to be much more other regulation coming down. The, it's all about good old-fashioned master data management. Right. So it all, this thing comes down to your security by design right at the very beginning that says, what, is, what actually are going to be your data processes mm. right from the get-go mm. to manage your security policies? Mm. And I, th I think that's going to be the, the big challenge. Okay, I, I want to try and move on to something a bit more controversial here. So, oh, good. <laughs> right, more controversial than GDPR. Well, yeah, because GDPR is not controversial. Right, right. That, that, that's just a lot of work, right? <laughs> so, is Edge just about quality of service? And actually, in reality, it, by by moving the processing remotely from centralized data centers down to micro data centers, is that not just true cloud? Is that not just what the whole principle of what cloud computing was all about? All all along, it's just an extension of cloud. 
Yeah, well, and this then leads into that fog computing discussion, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, the answer, and, and again, so much of tech these days, this is the answer. The answer is yes and no. Um, so to answer, so the first point is, is Edge just about quality of service? And, you know, again, for, for any sort of non-technical people, um, quality of service is a technology whereby you prioritize traffic flow on your network. So you say, this is my video and voice traffic, and it needs to be priority one, it gets the highway through and doesn't get stopped. Um, and my email traffic can be lowest priority because if my emails are delayed by a couple seconds, I don't really notice, so who cares? So that's, that's quality of service. Um, and the answer to that is Edge is not just about quality of service. It's, um, it's a fundamental shift in moving um, your compute infrastructure to a different location um, uh, so that you don't have to necessarily prioritize those data flows. Um, doesn't necessarily negate the need for, for quas, as the industry calls it, um, uh, but it's not the same thing. Um, so I, I have a thing that's really interesting is cloud forced the business culture change. Mm. I think Edge will start forcing the technology group culture change mm. as to the way how it manages itself Indeed. on these things. Absolutely. It, yeah, it, it's almost you know, the, the, the pain that you had to go through for the business to make the culture change towards cloud and the mm. way how to consume those services. The next one is actually getting the technology guys to kind of go through their own cultural change. Yeah. Because it's a very different way of thinking about the way how you manage these things. It is. And, and if you look at, um, and you talked before as well about the cyclical nature of technology, and it goes through these cycles of distributed and then centralized and so on. Uh, if you think about edge uh, and, and cloud and the development of that, you know, cloud was all about companies recognizing that, hey, I'm a manufacturer or I'm an, a resources company or I'm a law firm and I'm not geared to, to manage all of this IT stuff, right? So why don't I just put it somewhere where they've got a whole bunch of real smart IT people who can manage a lot of that for me and take away all of that hassle and I'll just pay them a fee, right? But now with, with the, the introduction of Edge, they're gonna be looking at putting IT stuff back into devices, which by definition, the company has to manage. Yeah. Because they're the, I mean, if you're a smart home meter, they're your devices. If you're an autonomous car maker, they're your devices. So you're putting IT back into your organization after cloud removed some of it and made it someone else's problem to a degree. So it's this real interesting shift on how those two things are gonna, are gonna, gonna interplay. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, the, the concept of, of you know, Edge being an extension of cloud, it, it is and it isn't. It depends on, on your definitions of those things and how you use it. Yeah. But it is, it is a controversial <laughs> one, yeah. Okay, so that's the serious bit over, okay? <laughs> it's now time for the famous cloud show sci-fi quiz. Five questions, shout out the answer if you know them. If not, we'll get you involved uh, at home uh, or at business in your office. If you can tweet in the answers, then there might even be a prize for you. I don't know, I might try and prize a t-shirt out of there uh, if I can. This is so, the scary bit for me. You said the serious, yeah, this, this is this, the serious this, bit. This is the serious I'm worried bit. Okay, now, yeah. Yeah, this is the big thing. Okay. So here we go, five questions. The first one, what is the number of tones played at the end of Close Encounters oh, of a Third Kind? We were talking about this before. Um, I think I'm going to say six. I'm going to say six times. Final answer? Yeah, I'm going to say six. It's five. Ah, oh, there you go. So close. Okay, what was the resource that was being mined uh, by the humans in the film Avatar? I, 
And it pretty has the most sure. cheesiest name I'm going. Pretty sure I know this one. Uh, was it Unobtainium? Yes. yes. One. All right. five. So you haven't got zero. <laughs> this is good. This good. is good. Okay. Who played the owner of Jurassic Park? Oh, the old guy with the hat. Um, who, the actor's name? Who played yeah. him? Oh, <laughs> that stumped me, I think. Uh, I mean, I can picture him in my head, but I like the character, but I can't, I can't think of the, the actor. Did nah, we go? Nah. Richard Attenborough. Oh, of course oh, he did. Seriously. Right. Okay, going back a bit in time here, what, what was the first living creature that was teleported through the telepod in the film The Fly featuring Jeff Goldblum? First living creature? Yeah. Well, I mean, the obvious answer is a fly, but um, and and I've it's been many years since I've seen this film. Uh, no, wait, no, I think um, it was was it his dog? No. Oh, I feel like that's a close answer, though. I feel like I'm not quite. It was a baboon. Oh, okay, <laughs> right. Now, okay, last question. Right. In the film Gattaca, very well here. Well, no, well, 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 <laughs> in the film Gattaca, what game did Vincent and Anton often play together? You know what? And and at the risk of, of damaging my nerd status here, I've never actually seen Gattaca. Really? Yeah. Oh, there you go. So it's going to be a complete guess. I'm yeah. having, have a guess. Uh, chess. You got the first letter right. And the second letter right. Checkers? No, it's chicken. Chicken. Brilliant. Well, that was fun. Guys, guys, what do you think? Okay, so get in touch with us on Twitter. Uh, use the hashtag The Cloud Show if you want to discuss the topic we just uh, d discussed today, The Edge, or even something else. We would love to hear from you. Thank you very much to Ed for coming on. Thanks You've for been having a me. great guest. Thanks very much for your insight. It's been brilliant. And thanks to you for watching, if indeed you still are. <laughs>